0: You look out the window and see the trees moving uncontrollably. The winds are so powerful, they're practically tearing down anything in the street. There are also tons of water raining down on you. You're driving as fast as you can, but suddenly, your car stops. You've heard the terms typhoon, cyclone, and hurricane, but you most likely don't know how they're different. The official scientific term for all three of them is a tropical storm. While they're practically the same thing, and they form the same way, they're different depending on where they occur. Hurricanes are the ones that form over the Atlantic Ocean or the Eastern Pacific Ocean. Tropical cyclones act as giant engine turbines powered by warm, moist air and form only over warm bodies of ocean water near the equator. The warm and moist air surrounding the ocean rises and leaves low-pressure air close to the surface. In turn, the air below becomes moist and warm and also rises. The cycle goes on, with warm air pushing up and squeezing the low pressure near the surface, only to rise as warm, moist air. When the warm, moist air cools off, it forms clouds. These clouds create the tropical storms we all fear. The storms spin the same way as the Earth is rotating. So storms to the south of the equator rotate clockwise, and storms north of the equator spin counterclockwise. The eye of the storm happens when the storm spins so fast that it actually becomes visibly clear in the center with low air pressure. But you'd have to look at it from above, which is super risky. Tropical storms normally move at around 39 miles per hour. Tropical cyclones are way faster, around 74 miles per hour. They're also known as hurricanes. If you're standing at the tip of the North or South Pole, the Earth's rotation will appear to stand still, even though the rest of the Earth is experiencing day and night like everyone else. In the poles, you have really long nights and days that last for months. Over at the equator, time moves along with the distance around the planet, which is around 25,000 miles long. The Coriolis effect makes wind patterns traveling long distances around Earth appear to move in a curve rather than a straight line. And because of the planet's unique shape, the speeds are different. It affects the Coriolis force and hurricanes as well. Because there's no curving of the object's path as measured relative to Earth's surface at the equator, the Coriolis force equals zero. A hurricane starter pack includes deep, warm ocean water. It all happens in the moist middle layers of the atmosphere with a chilly atmosphere on top. It also takes some low wind and some surface disturbance. And it can stretch around 300 miles away from a large body of water where the center of a large hurricane is. The good thing is that hurricanes get weaker when they hit the land because the warm water in the middle of the ocean isn't giving it the juice it needs to stay pumped. But it'll still carry a sustainable amount of damage with the strong winds and rain. In 1900, one of the biggest hurricanes struck near Central America and in the Gulf of Mexico. It then went as far as Florida and Texas, and is considered to be the most devastating hurricane in the United States' history. They first detected it on August 27th, and it lasted for many days. By the time it reached the Texas coast, the storm had turned into a Category 4 hurricane. Hurricanes are categorized on wind speed and intensity, using something called a Saffir-Simpson scale. There are five different categories from one to five, with one being the weakest and five being the strongest. A category one storm has winds moving at between 74 to 95 miles per hour. You can expect some trees to be uprooted and mobile homes destroyed. It can take out some home exterior and cause major power outages. Category 5 hurricanes speed up to over 155 miles per hour and leave nothing in their path. They can even wipe out some buildings right off their foundation. And because the winds are faster, there is more damage around its radius. Another thing to expect is lots and lots of flooding. The people of Galveston had less than four days to prepare for the arriving storm that even stretched out to Oklahoma and Kansas with 20-foot flash floods. The Great Hurricane then made its way to the Great Plains and turned towards the Great Lakes, New England, and reached southeastern Canada. The storm was so bad that more than 3,600 homes were damaged, even though they were sturdy enough to withstand the storm. Given the population numbers back then, it was equivalent to hundreds of thousands of houses destroyed, if not millions. The total property damage was around $30 million then, which would be a lot more now because of inflation. After the devastating storm, the people of Galveston built a three and a half mile seawall and raised the whole city level by as much as 16 feet. Eventually, they raised the seawalls to 10 miles, just in case. If a storm like the one in Galveston struck in modern times, there wouldn't be enough places for everyone to hide. The population has increased significantly all over the areas where the storm struck back in 1900. So... Imagine yourself sitting in your car and getting the breaking news. It says a storm has just hit the Gulf of Mexico and east of it, near Cuba. No biggie, since you're all the way in Texas. So you drive back home. There's plenty of people at gas stations and in supermarkets. The news now states that the storm will likely gain momentum and strike right where you live. Okay, now it's time to panic. You want to get some stuff to prepare for the incoming storm, but all the shelves are empty by now. Everyone is pushing and shoving like at a rock concert. You grab whatever you can find and make your way back to your car. You're lucky enough to purchase some extra gallons of gasoline, just in case. You drive from supermarket to supermarket to try and get some stuff, but you're out of luck. Finally, you find a place that still has some essentials. You start stocking up your shopping cart when the local news urges everyone to evacuate. You only have a matter of hours to leave but you left your dog at home. You rush against the traffic to get there. Your entire neighborhood is completely empty. You fetch your precious pooch and grab some important things before leaving. There's just a little time left and you can already start to feel the winds picking up and the ocean nearby. The news tells you the hurricane has already struck Florida. You get in the car, but it won't start. Since you were driving so fast, you didn't realize that you emptied your gas. Good thing you got those extra gas cans on the way with half a tank you can get out of your city and into a safe place where everyone is going the winds are getting stronger there's no way you're going to outrun this storm there's no one in sight since they all left early it starts raining heavily you can see some trees swaying like crazy finally you find something that looks like a large shelter you reach it to find out that it's just an abandoned mall And then, the worst happens. You realize you've been going in the wrong direction all this time. You get out of the car for a bit to stretch out and see which road to take. The winds are so strong that you go back to the car only to find out that your dog ran off. You can't find her anywhere. You drive around and call out her name, but she doesn't respond. You see her standing behind some bushes barking. You run down to her and discover that she has found a cool underground abandoned shelter. The winds have now reached a dangerous point where you can't drive anymore. You gather your stuff and head down. It's complete with everything and even has a bed. You can hear the winds and rain above you, but you're snuggled up with your dog. The next day, you get up and see that your car has been tossed over to another road, and there's not a single tree in sight. But, hey, you can at least be happy you survived one of the strongest storms in the world.